I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I am your host, Johnny Android, and I'm going to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. We record our episodes live in Altspace for the next three weeks until the platform is unplugged on March 10th. Today, we have what may be the last Futurosity's Flicks and Picks in Altspace uh, with Eli Ross, e mine a VR Valentine slasher, which premiered in Meta Horizons Worlds and MetaQuest TV. If you don't have a headset, it is also available in 2D on Crypt.com's Facebook page. Ladies and gentlemen, the mastermind himself, Futurosity. Hey, wonderful to be here, Johnny. Thank you so much. This will be a great episode. I can't wait to get into some nitty gritter slashy action. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, you know, Halloween's gone, but Valentine's is here. And why not have a uh, murder for Valentine's? It just seems fitting. Exactly. It's like there's the holiday thrillers. I mean, there has to be a thriller for every holiday. So hey, Valentine's is perfect. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious, what uh, what made you choose this one? Usually you choose movies and, and sometimes TV shows. Very frequently, infrequently, do we get um, VR experiences? What made you want to choose this one? Well, I'm always fascinated by the transfer of traditional filmmaking techniques into VR. So I'm always wondering, okay, um, you know, traditional filmmakers that have worked professionally in the field, how are they going to use their skill sets and the same visual language? How are they going to adapt that visual language into in a more immersive context? So the minute I saw Eli Roth's name, I'm like, hey, you know, a, a slasher for Valentine's. Eli Roth is, you know, one of the producers on it and the writer. Uh, it was directed by, I believe, Adam McDonald. So I thought, hey, let me just check this out. It'll be a fun little venture. Can't beat a you know, short film. That's right. So uh, I don't know. Is anyone here a fan of Eli Roth? Cabin Fever or Hostel? Hostel 2? What else did he do? He did that uh, turkey short for Grindhouse. Uh, the Green something? The Green Inferno, I think, was his last one. Yeah, The uh, Green Inferno is insane. I haven't seen that one, I have to admit. But uh, yeah, I, I really, I thought Hostel, as far as like those sort of torture porn type uh, stories. I thought it was it was pretty good genre, pretty fun. And like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it doesn't feel too disgusting in, a, in the right way. Like it feels disgusting in a funny kind of way, but it doesn't take, it, it doesn't like go to get under my skin ever. Like his movies never get under my skin. They're just kind of dorky and fun. And then you're, you know, have a good laugh. Oh, exactly. It's like rented a VHS tape in the mid 80s and checking out a fun Tom Zavini style horror, bloody, nasty, gory film. But he does it in a way that it's not sickening. It's still that cartoonish 1980s kind of vibe where, hey, you know, the blood is a little bit brighter. You know, the, the screams are a little bit louder. You know, everything's a little more, if you know what I mean. That's the fun thing yeah. about his movies. Yeah, exactly. They're sort of heightened and they're sort of they're they know that they're playing within a genre and they're just having fun and not trying to uh, maybe they're trying to in a fun sense in a in a maybe like a fun house at a carnival type sense, but not in a like under your skin, like, uh, you know, I don't know, like The Shining or The Exorcist or something that really makes you creeped out. It's not like that. Um, OK, so here he is uh, doing this VR thing. What are your overall thoughts? It was a pretty short experience, 30 minutes. Uh, what would you think? Well, for 30 minutes, 
it is what it is. You know, they only had a limited amount of time to get, you know, a basic story out. So for me, it felt more like possibly an episodic venture. Like I could imagine more of these short episodics, almost like, not say Twilight Zone, but like a horror equivalent where we do a little vignette about a character and just kind of, hey, see how they survive. You know, the classic trope of the final girl, you know, going through adversity, going through pain and suffering in order to win. It's a classic story trope. So overall, he met all the expectations I kind of had for the project. You know, I already know that he has that cheesy funniness. And my thing is, when it comes to movies, if you're cheesy on purpose, it's okay. If you're cheesy and didn't realize it, that's when there's a problem. So he had the tone that I was expecting. So overall, it was a fun experience. It was short-lived. It was like having like a, a small dessert, if you know what I mean. It's like, hey, that was a nice little treat. But it left me wanting a little bit more. Overall, I had a, you know, it was an entertaining experience. Okay. Well, I should say also that I have the Quest 1, and that is actually incompatible with all of Meta's new devices, new worlds, all of that stuff. They've like basically, like Altspace, it is big, you know, uh, sun, you know, sunsetted into the afterlife of digital, uh, you know, goods, and so I was not able to watch this in virtuality, which is a very strange experience. Watching it as a thirty-minute short film, two D, uh, and so to come, I have to sort of say that as a caveat. First of all, I'm coming at it from that point of view, but for me, this was like. It, like none of it made sense to me and i was like what like it, there was no logic in it that like had anything to do with reality and like i didn't understand you know that okay this girl had four date four years before she had her date get killed by a person dressed as a cupid and then she like don't know anything about her really she's traumatized that's about it and then next thing we know she is uh launching into this party where they're going to try to get the killer and she already sort of knows who the killer is but hasn't been able to get the you know restraining order or anything from them so she's going to lure them in and she lives in this sorority house and this older sorority woman is like yeah great idea let's just like have this sort of event here uh and it, it was like what like what is going on <laughs> like i don't understand any of the logic of any of these characters so I don't know. I like I you know I I, I like Eli Ross earlier stuff. I'm gonna be uh, this one is a little bit tricky for me to wrap my head around. I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, oh, I know exactly were, where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the overall thought. So let, let's dive into it. Uh, by the way, uh, yeah, if anyone has any thoughts, if anyone has tried this experience or seen it, uh, please use the raise hand option and let us know what you thought. How's it going, Grugier? Haven't seen you in a while. Um, must be you're probably a fan, so it's probably like really late there i guess we, this is an early uh session for us so you could probably you're able to hop in nice uh all right so here we go what do you what do you think of the plot what's the what's the plot here uh futurosity well the basic story it's all about this young woman named becca you know she's in her first year of college she's dealt with this traumatic experience back in high school of one of her boyfriends getting shot through the neck with an arrow on, you know, Valentine's Day or on a date. And now, you know, she's in this really wild sorority and her sorority sisters want to have a party of all parties. But of course, you know, she starts seeing information from her stalker. You know, she remembers from four years ago, her stalker, ended up, you know, tried to commit a terrible, egregious crime. 
now four years later, she's getting these packages in the mail, you know, a little bit of chocolates, a little note. So she realizes her stalkers returned. So in short, it's essentially a trap. You know, they set a party as a trap, trap the stalker. Uh, that's essentially what it serves as. So for me, and it, it followed all the old tropes, you know, the final girl, you know, excessive violence, the obsessed incel kind of guy, who, you know, is obsessed with a woman who will never give him time of day. So, I mean, overall, I mean, it, it was a fun experience. I mean, it, it's massacre of sorts. But once again, logic, you know, there, there's certain rules and logic that you see in horror films. And this one just kind of threw it out the window. They just said, hey, we want to have fun kids having a party. We want to have some bodies and we want to have a cool looking killer. So they have a little Cupid mask and, you know, a bow and arrow as the primary weapon. It's a classic, you know, Jason with his machete and hockey mask. Uh, they wanted the equivalent of that. So this is very much the. 80s tropes in action on screen. It's an immersive experience. I'll get more into that. Um, it didn't really feel as immersive, if you know what I mean. That that was one of my primary issues. Um, we were talking about that transfer of skills and craftsmanship from traditional film and how it's going to transfer to VR. This still felt like a standard film that just happened to have a slightly wider field of view. So I'll get into more detail about some of those issues I had, but I mean, you can't really watch one of these movies and say it's going to follow basic logic because they really want to get to the gory kills. You know, they just need something to propel the action forward for the next kill. And this one, I mean, had a pretty high body count, especially for, you know, a project, you know, a college age kid. You know, we're in weird times right now when it comes to violence on campus and et cetera, but they still kind of went there. So that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, I, I feel like, of course, I, I get that they want the body count, but you could still have a simple setup that would make sense that would get me on board and then I and then have the body count like they didn't go need to go through this whole rigmarole of this sort of elaborate backstory, because then it's like they don't have the budget, I guess, to be able to show us this elaborate backstory. The elaborate backstory that she discovers is that there was essentially this I, uh, who got, um, who was jealous that she was dating this other guy and then had acid poured on his face accidentally. It was, it was meant for her. He's kind of got this like disgusting face. And so he knows, she thinks she knows, and we're not going to give away the ending by the way, cause it's only a half hour. I'm not like, we should stop at act at the end of act two and let everyone watch it if they want to. But, uh, the the lead up to that is that she knows who it is. It's this guy with his disfigurement, but. And we're we're supposed to, we're but we're not able to see anything about that guy. So we only hear it in this sort of exposition backstory type thing. And then on top of that, she's she's traumatized and she hasn't been on a date in four years because of this event. But then we never see her uh, what that does to her. Like we never see her actually pine after a guy and like a guy, but not be able to go on a date with him because of her. Trauma, right? We just think that she's like cut off from everything. And so suddenly when this guy kind of approaches her in this semi-creepy way, it is like, hey, I want to take you out. Suddenly she transforms into be like, yeah, I do want to go out. We'll well, let's throw a party so that we can get over this trauma. It's like, what? Like none of that was set up. Like it would have been so easy. Like it just feels like this was like an idea that EI Roth had, like, like, like on the phone. Like it's like, do you have any VR ideas? He's like, I don't know. Uh, what if 
and uh, yeah, she got tried. Yeah, she has had, like like so thrown together. Like like I was like Eli Rush should know better than this. Like like Hostel is a perfect example. Like he, it's very easy setup. Same with Cabin Fever, right? Simple, you know, simple setup. Get us into this horrifying situation, and then you have the body count. Why he was trying to do all of this like convoluted backstory and not able to show it, and then have to give it in this boring exposition, and then like the logic of the characters doesn't make any sense. By the time we get to the party, I'm like, I don't even like even know what's going on anymore. Like, I don't know why they're doing any of this. So, I, that's my take of the plot. I was just like, what? Like, Eli Roth, I, he he. He must have just got a paycheck for this and like thrown it together at the last minute. That's what it feels like. Yeah, and I was surprised he didn't direct it himself because you right. know it's kind of like, hey, John Carpenter's Halloween, Eli Roth's right. Be Mine, a VR Valentine slasher, but he was just the producer and writer. I, I would have preferred if he was behind the camera as well. Um, I looked up the director. I mean, he, he did a you know a serviceable job. Um, it's obvious that you know he's a newer director. Um. You know, Adam McDonald. So it looks like this is one of his first times out on a wider release. But it, it did feel um, there were certain constraints um, in the storytelling where it was obviously budgetary constraints on screen because I prefer to show instead of tell. You know, I don't want the cops to go on this long expository thing about the backstory. I don't want characters to sit at a table and say, this is what happened in my mysterious and scary past. I want to see it. And they had enough time. I mean, it was a 30-minute short film. Had enough time to cover all that. So it was kind of unfortunate. I mean, I really wanted a little more you know, fullness to the story. You know, it felt like they just gave us the finale and some setup. Right. You know, instead of, so it almost felt like it was a draft of a feature film. And then they just right. shaved off the ending and said, okay, let's do about five minutes and then have the grand finale. And that's the movie. That's the unfortunate part of it. It didn't really feel like VR ride or an immersive experience. It just felt like, hey, here's part of a movie. And it made me kind of want more. Well, it also, I mean, there's always that debate. And maybe you guys, I don't know what you guys think about this theory, but the, the 360 video is no longer really considered VR. VR needs to be interactive. You need to be able to you know, walk through the seat or pick things up or something like that. And if you're just watching a 360 video around you, that's sort of like a different genre. That's sort of a, almost like a different platform. I don't know if anyone here has any thoughts on on that, but this was just like shot like a regular movie on a really bad quality video camera and then just a stitch together in a 360 image. But there was, yeah, I'm I'm curious because watching it in 2D, like you're it's it becomes so apparent how low budget this was and how like shoddy the the craftsmanship was. But you're also saying that an immersive uh experience, it wasn't that much, right? I think it violated some of the the rules of immersive experiences because my thing is the viewer slash, you know, player of sorts should be able to, you know, control the camera or at least not have the camera move without my knowledge. Um, that's always a weird thing about, you know, the stomach churning quality of a dolly shot when you're in VR. It's quite uncomfortable because you're sitting there and I'm like, oh, the camera's moving without you know, my volition. I'm not the one in control of it. And you suddenly get that seasickness. And I'm mm. pretty, you know, my VR legs are pretty strong now, but there were a couple of times where I had a camera movement, you know, I'm like, ooh, that's a little too much. Ooh, and that's unfortunate. Um, using classic reverse shots, you know, like shooting a conversation over the shoulder, then back, it doesn't work in VR. 
there were a couple instances of a you know a POV shot from you know the main character Becca, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's going to continue a little bit longer with a point of view. That way, I could feel that virtual and immersive moment, but then they'll cut away from the POV mm. shot and just go back to standard filmmaking. And mm-hmm. I just don't think it translates as well. Yeah. Uh, that was a big problem I had was that they were you couldn't figure out what was a POV shot and what was just a static shot because of like sometimes the camera would be set super low. So you're like, oh, this must be a POV shot. But then you'd see an arm like reach into the frame from the wrong side. And it's like, wait, what? That like it was totally disorienting in the way that they were shooting it. Like they weren't clear about their own rules that they were creating to shoot this thing. Like, is it a first person POV? Were we seeing through the eyes of the killer? Or is it just a static camera that's picking things up? But why is the static camera at a strange, odd angle? And like, yeah. you know, how, what is it in relationship to the characters around them? It, it just felt like the space was, they weren't, um, maybe it, it's like, you're right. They, they're so immersed in the understanding of a 2D film cinematic techniques. They hadn't been able to find a way to translate that into a 360 video because Really, the just the understanding of the environment and the spatial awareness of the environment was kind of off for me watching it in two D. Um, and, and I, I think I, I it guess was because, more. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it was more one eighty. You know, because they have you know you kind of look a little uh, bit outside your visual range, and then you right. get the black, which is also right. you know disconnects you uh, from the movie. Like I wish they almost artificially extended it with like Unreal yeah. or something. You know, use an Unreal Engine or just something to render it a little bit past the, my point of view because it was about uh, less than 180 degrees i'll just turn just a little bit and oh i was hoping i could see something else well it's kind of this blackness right. and, and that breaks the experience if it wrapped a little bit further past my viewpoint i think it would have been more immersive right well you know this was produced by meta right you would think that they have a little bit more budget uh, to be able to show off their virtual uh you know, hardware, but I, I don't know. I guess not. Who knows? There's lots of budget cuts, apparently. Um, all right. So <laughs> the dudes and dudes So this is like the characters. I mean, I've already started to talk about the characters. I mean, I, I did not. Uh, so there, I like the Mila, the Mila Kunis lookalike uh, actors. I thought, by the way, that the acting was really good. I, I will give it that. I, I liked all the performances. I just think that the script is the problem here. So main character, I had no idea where she was coming from, what her intentions were in the later part of the scene. I understand that she's traumatized. Why is she throwing a party where she's going to lure the killer in? Why does she all of a sudden like this like, sort of totally rat guy? Like, and then, so that character didn't make any sense to me. Then the, the sorority mother, who's like this older woman who, take, who seems very strict, very uh, protective of this girl. Why is she like all of a sudden throwing all the rules out the window and they're going to try to catch a killer without calling the police like on in the sorority house, like makes absolutely no sense. So uh, then you've got this, there's another guy who's an, just happens to be a, a classmate who's an archer. You're like, what? So this archer is going to bring real bow and arrows to this event. Like why not just bring a gun? Why would you fight? Uh, a, a, a Cupid with an arrow with a bow arrow makes absolutely no sense. So this, it's just nothing makes sense. Like nothing. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, <laughs> uh, the characters for me were just like they they were just sort of uh, props in order for us to get into a situation where we can see uh, arrows shooting through the eyeballs and the necks of the victim. 
that was about it. I, I kind of agree. I mean, I, I, I only remember one of the characters' names, Becca, because I said it the most, but all the other characters, their names just vanished immediately after I finished watching the project. But also, when it comes to the characters, Becca's motivation. Now, if she had this, tr- you know, terrifying and traumatic experience, you know, a, you know, a boyfriend of hers dying in her arms in high school, why would she want to live in this chaotic household in this sorority house? Like, it just didn't fit within the character. Because I would think, oh, wouldn't she want to be more, a little more isolated or something? You know, right. like it seemed like it would have been cooler if, hey, maybe she was isolated in the dorms and one of her sorority friends kind of convinced her to come out and, you know, break out of her shell. But we didn't have that moment. So we essentially just saw her go, I'm traumatized. Let's go party. And wow. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> exactly. It didn't feel... Like a person, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So then the tech. Let's, this is an interesting part. Uh, we're sort of touching on it now. You're saying uh, that I, I didn't realize it was just a 180. I thought that they were uh, sort of stra- flattening out like a meridian map, uh, sort of the image so that I could watch it in, in 2D. But you're saying that it was actually essentially 180, which is even scarier. But I thought that they had real problems with it, looking at it in 2D, like, lines weren't matching you could see the stitch marks right down the center of the screen sometimes and like had this um sometimes you could see that it was very wide lenses because it was a little bit distorted which is totally fine but production value was like really bad like i don't know what kind of cameras they were using but the lighting was like really poorly done and like it didn't it it just watching it in 2D, there was no immersion because you're like oh my god this is like a student film like it literally felt like a student film I, that's why I look back. I was like, Eli Roth couldn't have directed this. And I saw that it was this um, McDonald guy. And I'm sure that he is, is great in, in his movies. I haven't seen his movies. He's from Montreal and lives in Toronto. Um, but, you know, I, uh, yeah, this he's got to get a little bit more <laughs> skill when it comes to uh, VR shooting, I think. I was baffled by the shooting because I remember even some of the earlier 360 camera setups was essentially an array of GoPros connected on like a 3D printed like staff kind of thing. And that still looked pretty good even years ago. So it was like kind of a step backwards in many ways, because even with some of these like, you know, the Insta360 camera and a few other of these um 360 pocket cams, such high quality video, I wasn't really sure how this was put together because even the stitching technology is better than years ago. So it did feel like a step backwards technology wise and technique wise. They didn't take advantage of the technology the best that they could have, because I mean, for me, maybe we could have just been Becca's, you know, POV for the whole thing. Like why not go through Mm -hmm. a horror film, the POV Mm -hmm. first person of the final girl, that would have been a unique Mm -hmm. experience that would have been quite memorable. Instead, it just felt like, you know, hey, a, a fun 80s slasher. Hey, party, party. Everyone's drinking. A couple people die. I know girl survives. It, it, it felt like they were checking through the boxes instead of really stretching themselves with what this tech offers. That's why I was kind of, not say disillusioned, but more disappointed. Because I was really excited when I said, hey, Meta produced this. I was thinking, you know, mm-hmm. hey, Meta millions are getting thrown at this. It's going to be quite Know, quite an experience, but instead it just felt like, hey, that was all right, but fun. But it, the technology was unfortunate. Uh, I really wish they just did that little extra push and just try to, you know, hey, try try to forge, you know, step ahead. You know, it just felt like they were taking three steps backwards, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious because, you know, it feels like, uh, like 
the budget was a million dollars for this thing, which I don't, I, I don't think it was, but like, I, I have a feeling like 90% of that went into Eli Roth's pocket. And so just so they could put his name on it. And then like, he's like, yeah, let's just use the scraps to put together this shitty little thing. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It just felt like Eli Roth was cashing in that his money, basically. There it is. Uh, all right. So, um, point. I think you've you've I think you've you've nailed the point over and over again, which is essentially that it's just like Asher, fun, buddy count, nothing much to it, right? It's, it's not really trying to say anything. It's just sort of like genre, you know. Let's let's do this usual genre trope, so let's put it in 360 and and hope that it's more immersive. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's I wouldn't even call it an experiment because they really didn't go to that experimental territory. Um, when I look at some of the earlier Oculus shorts from a few years ago, remember that little one with the, it was like a cute 3D animated, um, I think what was that, Porcupine or something, uh-huh. and like his uh-huh. little balloon party for his birthday. Like that, you know, since it was 3D animated and you were seated, you know, it was like a seated uh-huh. three, you know, 360 right. event, it, it felt a little more immersive. But in mm-hmm. this case, it was just, hey, a standard, you know, standard horror film with just a slightly wider viewing. That was pretty mm-hmm. much all they gave us. Yeah, it's. I'm curious if anyone here has seen maybe T or, or Gregor, if you guys have seen a great <laughs> virtual immersive experience and why it was great. Because uh, you know, my my, I guess I would say um, highest bar for me would just be like a game. Like you play Half Life Alex and those those creatures come at you it's like terrifying or if you play like saints and sinners walking dead and the zombies are coming at you it's like you literally are terrified in your seat so there's ways to do it they just didn't see capture here i think gruguer might have something here how's it going gruguer uh i guess it's not a stereoscopic 3d yeah because i think it's like the bare minimum if you want just like to do like some 180 or 360 movie uh do you have some some sense of death? Uh, no, I'm glad you brought that oh, up. Um, I'm so glad you brought up that because unfortunately there wasn't a sense of depth. It actually felt artificially flat, which is even stranger mm-hmm. to me because it felt like, okay, what exactly are they doing with this? Because there are moments where you know, like the you know, since it was bow and arrow based killer, I was saying, hey, well they're gonna have an arrow come at me and it's gonna look in 3D and I'm gonna jump. I never had that. And actually, funny enough, times where I thought they would kind of pull off, you know, a standard jump scare that would have played with 3D, it was actually off axis slightly. So they're like, we're going to shoot off camera, you know, like mm. a 45 degree right. angle instead of directly at the camera. That also threw me off because I'm like, ooh, this is going to be kind of fun. And then, oh, they just did the standard thing. Shoot to the right of the camera, or shoot to the left of the mm-hmm. camera, but not in the camera. So yeah, it was Remember, we've had some amazing 3D movie experiences in recent memory, the recent Avatar sequel, and even, you know, some other, you know, Oculus experiences that did take advantage of 3D. So, you know, another minor disappointment. Yeah. Gregor, have you seen anything that's impressive? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, but I I don't have uh, any particular uh, title in mind, but yeah, a lot of experiences. But uh, I guess, like, if you're in VR, at least the... Very minimum, you have to take advantage of, of the fact that it's 3D. Uh, and then I guess there, there are a lot of experimentations of, of mm-hmm. way to, to, to innovate. But yeah, that's the minimum, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I like, you mentioned Half-Life Alex um, just a moment ago, and I almost think Half-Life Alex is a disservice to VR because it was so good. And right. there's been very few experiences that have met that quality. Because um, I keep going back. I, Saints and Sinners was kind of close, but Half-Life Alex mm-hmm. is just the you know top level. So for me, I, there's nothing that's been better yet. So I always think in terms of storytelling, even within the game, sometimes they would kind of guide your eye, look in a certain direction, almost subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And they use filmic techniques to kind of say, hey, maybe these lights over here, you know, this is slightly brightly lit, you know, like the, the shape of spaces would make you know where to look. With this movie, there weren't moments that told me where to look. Um, there's like a moment in the library sequence yeah, where the is chatting with a police officer. I was thinking, oh, maybe like the real killer is hidden in the background somewhere. And I'm looking around and I realized, no, it's just, you know, just some random extra. Um, so it, they really didn't take advantage of that, not say control, but just guided, you know, walk through, you know, guide my eyes to the right place, mm-hmm. get the point across. They failed at that. It is a good, it is a good point, though, that I think for Half-Life Alex, like they, that, that, that game took what four years to make or something like that so it's like and it came out what a year or two ago so let's say six years ago six years ago steam kind of was like making a really big amble that vr was going to hit in a big way and moment it did right when the pandemic hit everyone was stuck at home they got these headsets there was this big boom this big metaverse boom but that has kind of dwindled away and they didn't make, I don't think a lot of money. I think they lost money on Half-Life Alex. And so I think a lot of other studios got camera shy or went out of business. I'm curious, you know, what you guys think, uh, Grugier or T, uh, T or any, anyone there, um, like what is it that's going to take for people to come back to VR and maybe why did VR not catch on in the way that people had hoped it would? I mean, Meta, uh, so much money last year, they got caught in that big, Metaverse boom, and then suddenly it went bust, and they lost billions of dollars. And uh, you know, you know, one thing that I think is 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 helpful is that this you know big screen just announced that they have that new headset coming out, and it's so small. It's like I don't know if you've seen pictures of this thing. It looks like gla- like sunglasses, and it's supposed to be lighter than than a banana in your eyes. That's that's maybe something that's going to help. But I don't know if anyone here has an opinion about that, uh, or if you do, if you trust. How can we well, get people to come back screen, to VR and why did it? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because remember when I first bought my you know, Oculus 2, Quest 2, it was because of the lockdown. I realized I miss going to the movie theater. Like, I got so upset about losing the movie theater experience. So big screen was my primary app at first. I just sat in my little virtual theater and looked at everything on a huge screen and, you know, had little fake avatars nearby. just feel like there were people near me. It was a heartwarming experience. And that's what got me in. So big screen was the original killer app for me. And then I started learning about the, you know, the various PC VR games I could plug into. But unfortunately, when it comes to the meta quest right now, there's not really a killer app. I mean, even Echo VR got canceled. The most successful online VR multiplayer game has a huge number of players and they just arbitrarily just snipped it away and cut it, which is even sadder to me. So it's really hard to tell what the next killer app will be. It's definitely not going to be being in an office virtually and doing your same old nine to five job with a headset that makes you sweat. So I'm hoping they find something else, but we really needed 
those top level games get people involved, you know, and a lower price. You know, the price increases of these headsets definitely shut out a lot of new you know, adopters of the technology. Yeah. Uh, and it's true that Half-Life Alex, you had to play it on a PC VR, right? Like you needed a pretty big rig, like you need to invest in a thousand dollar plus PC, gaming PC. Then you need to invest in a two, three, four more hundred dollar headset. And so it is quite, uh, you have to be either a hardcore gamer or you have to be somebody who's like very curious about tech and VR in order to uh, get into it. So there's certainly, uh, that's a, a, a a barrier to entry for sure. Uh, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big drum. I, I don't know what's going to bring people back unless price point comes down, unless uh, really great games. I mean, you know, Half Life is a love, a beloved game, and for them to do this in VR was like a big moment. Uh, but it just didn't capture enough people. Now everyone has gone out, and the metaverse has kind of you know, become. Uh, uncool in a certain sense, like it's kind of drifted into the background and it became, oh, it was a pandemic thing. So I know personally, it's, I have very strong fiction that it's all going to be coming back. The waves of the ocean go out and then the tides come back in and it'll come back in times stronger. Um, but the question is, how long will that take? Is it going to be a year from now or is it going to be two, three, four years? I really don't know. That way I'm going to try again. <laughs> this is three times the charm what i heard microsoft the reason why they were backing out and they're closing out is because they just use this platform for um reasons for like army and stuff they were doing research so they're not they made it a social thing but at the same time they were just pretty much using it so see how people react to the world software and all of that and that's what they're, they're done i think with it was it. a psyops so operation Right, and so what they're going to be doing is they're going to be using it for uh, business. They're going to be using it for their own business, sure, basically. So there, this this was uh, on a three-year thing or four-year thing that it was on for however long, but they're they were using it just for research. That's it. To them, it's not even worth selling, not worth keeping because they're not really making any money on it. It was all research, and that's why they're closing it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, it looks like yeah, I read about Futurosity. Well, yeah. As far as Hololens, they're large military contract um, for Hololens technology, and I remember I read many of the complaints from soldiers about you know, motion sickness and other issues with the technology. So it is kind of sad, you know. You think, hey, one of the largest you know companies out there with possibly one of the largest you no know, contracts, you know, the military. It, it, yeah, it doesn't seem like it was going to work out. I'm just hoping that at least with PlayStation and Sony with their headset, since they have a large number of systems already out there, I'm hoping that that might be the second resurgence of VR within this period. Yeah. Well, Jim has something here. Maybe Jim can uh, shed some light on it. What do you think, Jim? Was it a PSYOPs operation or is there something more going on? Okay, we'll speak to that. Uh, basically, I spent a, a little while... Uh, or two weekends ago with the uh, crowd out on the pay playa, uh, the burning, uh, burning man. man crowd. And the uh, story there was that they had tried to buy the alt space as it was, and it couldn't be sold to them because 
Microsoft is is making uh, something called Mesh Business for uh, uh, Fortune 500 com uh, companies, and the uh, core of the alt space uh, uh, programming is needed and incorporated into that. So if they sold it to a separate entity, it it would might cause a security risk. Um, to the the mesh that they're trying to run to the uh, to the business user, so I don't know. It to me was old software. I uh, just came from Engage, uh, which is uh, an event hosting uh, uh, metaverse or whatever, and uh, there's nothing but quality going on there. Uh, saying VR, you're the first people that I've heard say that VR is dead. Um, I like to think it's it's alive. Um, it's a it might be sleeping, but uh, those that like it like it a lot, and I don't think they're going to go away. Now I, I spent quite a bit was... of time. Uh, playing a game called think... uh, Warplanes, uh, World War II, and uh, that for me is worth the price of the headset and the, the 23 bucks that it costs to download. I agree. No, I, I don't think we think that the that VR is dead. I think, uh, like we said, it's it's a receding, like the tide of the ocean. It's going out right now, and it'll come back five times bigger. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I guess, uh, you know, that's sort of the thought we had here. In terms of yeah, I, I in terms of what the the alt uh, alt space is, I think you know they developed this mesh technology that they're going to in integrate into more of their office uh, stuff. So it's going to be more for business uh, uses and all of that. Um, but they did uh, with their ten thousand employees that they let go. They let go a lot of the Hololens team and all obviously the alt space team and all of that. So there is a, a, a going out of the tide, I feel like in terms of budgets uh, and finances coming in uh, and developing the metaverse and, and virtual spaces. And so the question is, will that uh, tide come back in and what will be the cause of the tide coming back in? Maybe Batwing has some more to add here. Yes, Batwing. Okay, so yeah, as he was saying, I just came back from Engage. It's a business platform. Uh, we were there yesterday, and we've been going there for the past four days. And last night we had like fourteen people in there. And uh, there, you're able to use the world, and uh, uh, you're able to do social, you're able to do business. You're able to do that if you pretty much. Uh, pay the nine dollars or whatever something, you know, a, a month, and you can go ahead and download their templates. You can convert them. You can put your rooms as public or whatever. Right now, there's not a lot, a lot of people there because they don't know about it. We were there yesterday, and as far as alt space, it's a hundred times better. Because we were messing mm. with it, we had people over there that built here and all of that, and they were building, and that's not even. I mean, us having an account over there, and we had somebody that opened up an account. I'm going to open up an account tomorrow, and it's so easy. Get a tablet, and out of that tablet, you're able to pull stuff out of the uh, the kits. You don't have to 
like you do here, everything is already set up right there. We were in a world, Mars, and we put up a screen in like one second, we put up like a microphone and everybody was karaoke you can watch videos. If the other person is too far, you don't have to get close to them. Through the tablet, you pick their name and you're having a private conversation instantly. So it's really, really cool. The, 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 the things that they've done over there, really cool. And since a lot of people don't know about it, a lot of people are not going over there. We have another group tonight that we're going out there. It's going to be another 12, 13 people. So we're going to go check it out again. But we were moving from one world to another, and it was really cool, you know. So, yeah. And everything is in 4K. The audio is better. Um, you can make it 3D audio. Uh, if I'm the host, I can go ahead and give everybody a tablet, and everybody can go ahead. And if we're doing karaoke, you don't have to go up to the stage, you know, work the screen. You can actually do it out of the tablet go into a pool or anything like that, automatically Avatar gets uh, a bathing suit. <laughs> you know, you get out of the pool, you're back with your clothes and all of that. So it's really, really cool. It's got a lot of really cool, you know, cool uh, features and stuff. So as far as for social, you know, it'll work. And so we have some people that we're writing to them to, you know, see if we can make it on a social basis as far as games and all that. It's basically, uh, like I said, it's a business platform, you know, and they have some really, really cool, interesting things. The monitors, they pop out of the floor. I mean, you can do a lot of, you can modify any way you want to. You want to put a chair in there or whatever, you get a chair out of the kit. Here, you have to go look for it. And if you don't remember what kit you got it from, then, you know, you pretty much have to search for 20 minutes get a chair you can clone it instantly you can put 10 of them or whatever if you put chair on the kit uh you get 10,000 chairs you can choose from lamps anything animals i mean you have everything it's pretty cool really easy to use so, yeah okay. I mean, cool yeah, yeah. sorry yeah we we covered um different platforms on a, a previous episode including engage and it was a while ago. I'll have to go re-check re it out. But I remember it being more what you were saying, which is it, it felt like a business platform. It didn't feel like or like an education platform, like people teachers there and teach classes. It didn't feel like a place to hang out. But maybe they're changing that uh, to reevaluate. I'll have to go back there again. Um, yeah, it was yeah, fascinating. I, I, uh, when I reviewed Engage a while back, um, it, the way they dealt with 3D objects was much simpler than how they do it in alt space. And it was quite immersive because, yeah, you could pull a 3D object out. Let's say you know, you're talking about, you know, blood cells. OK, let me put out a 3D object of a blood cell and you can walk in it and tour it. So there was some very fascinating aspects to engage. I'm going to have to play with it again. But educational purposes, it was like one of the best things I've ever seen. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we, we, we went on a wonderful little tangent there about the state of the virtual industry and now we're going to give our wow score before we're done here so wow 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 that's right wow score 10 wows of this amazing virtual experience that changed your life zero wows i can't believe that i just watched that what do you give it atrocity well it's unfortunate but i'll just give it a solid five it was wasn't a wowful kind of event but it tickled my interest and at least it made me think of, hey, what are the possibilities? You know, because there will be eventually a filmmaker that will try to push this technology just one more step forward. Um, if you think of just film history, it's felt like the equivalent of a silent film, VR, where it didn't really cross that threshold in technology and technique just yet. 
But in the near future, I have no doubt there's going to be a filmmaker that's going to want to, you know, cross that line, that imaginary line that says, hey, you know what? Films are different now, you know, within this virtual space, we can do more and possibly allowing the viewer to have a certain role. Um, I think the interactive world has gotten it right. You know, Valve, when it comes to their storytelling in virtual spaces using, you know, Half-Life Alex, for example, they understand it much better. So I think what we're seeing is you might have to wait for someone from the interactive world to move into film to really push this to the next level. Uh, I uh, my caveat again is that I was only able to watch this in 2D because I have an Oculus Quest one that was actually not compatible with anything that Meta or Facebook put out anymore, which is crazy to me, but that's the way it is. Uh, so having said that, I give it a solid B because it like I don't know it would like I, it's true that it wasn't boring, but everything else about it uh, wasn't up to stuff in terms of. So I got it when I first uh, experienced virtual reality the first time I saw this uh, Chris Milk video and it was only a 360 video, but it was so mind blowing and it was made that five or six years ago and it was so immersive and it took advantage so much of this new medium. This one just didn't do that. This kind of felt like it was slapped together uh, and it didn't have much care for trying out um, understanding what this new medium is all about and how to get engage an audience. So uh, I'll give it a three. Eli, get, get back to the drawing board. Give us some good VR experiences. We know that you could make good movies and tell uh, a, a good stories and, and make some crazy slasher movies. So hopefully you'll come around and, and do that next time. Um, all right, any, I don't think anyone else saw it here, so I wouldn't even ask. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, if you guys are interested, it's on Meta Horizons. You can check it out, uh, still up there. So, Futurosity, where can people get in touch with you if they want to debate uh, your opinions on uh, Eli Ross home the library? <laughs> well, please reach out to me. I'm at Futurosity VR on Instagram. I love to chat about technology and the VRs. Say hello anytime, please. All right. Well, uh, that pretty much wraps it up. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for teleporting this worldcast of simulation nation whether you're with us in virtual reality into the podcast on spotify or apple podcast or watching on youtube at the simulation nation remember to keep uh, in touch as we migrate to different platforms uh through instagram at the simulation nation or at simulation vr in our discord server until next time plugged my friends <laughs>